the black rocks and revolution. Samurai punk feminist solution. White noise, your audio pollution. This is not a test. Calling all your slaves to the grind. Coming out your grace for the mind. Had eyes, but still you are blind. This is not a test. Uh, you know, here's another uh, trip through memory lane. Uh, you know, one of one of the. Uh, uh, one of our favorite artists that, that participated at the, the theater and the, in the L Lounge, which we we grew as a we grew as a, a venue in town for a while. Uh, Kristen uh, was a was a, a fixture there on uh, many open nights, uh, open mic nights, and uh, she was a promoter. She oh, brought yeah. in she brought in uh, Ian Gome, I believe was his name, a phenomenal artist. Uh, but she, yeah, from England, but she 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 um she uh, she's going to share you know where where her uh, roots started in music and and uh, you know I always liked her voice. So did I. Her that, voice. Was, uh, that was a big thing about Kristen is uh well it is still now but uh, you'll find out shortly we talk about it near the end but um, that uh, her voice is very unique and um, very draws you in. Is that what you and, and, and her yeah and her entrepreneurship so mm. she has a gift. She loves to just uh, uh, she loves to share that gift, like when she's singing her own songs. But she also collaborates really well, uh, you know, with Simon and, and all the different acts that she's uh, participated in and, and co-wrote with uh, different artists. And yeah, I, I found her to be um, somebody that I'll never forget from that from my journey in KW. All right, so that's great. So here we go, with Kristen Latham. Latham, sorry, here we're heading into it. Thank you. Oh, there so, uh, I was trying to get my audio set up, guys. Oh, so good morning. I guess you just woke up. Uh, well, no, I didn't just wake up. I was just being lazy. <laughs> <laughs> I work. I work twelve-hour days, and I start at. I get up every morning at three forty-five. So wow. Saturdays and Sundays, I kind of like to relax. <laughs> yeah, you got to deal with me and eat Alan. <laughs> well. I yeah, I usually get up at five thirty, and then on Saturday I sleep until seven thirty. So I, I sort of get that. Where are you working now? I work at Mark Supply. Oh yeah, you told me about that. That's over on. Uh, I've delivered yeah. there. You've delivered there? I think so, Mark Supply. Yeah, you, yeah. You know what? We use Minimax a lot, actually. Uh, anyways, I don't want to get into the personal information, but I think I've delivered there. Um. Okay, so. Uh, the L Lounge. You were in the theater a lot, right? When me and Alan were there. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So you remember Kristen then, Alan? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it feels feels like a lifetime ago, but yep. Yeah, it was a while ago. How old's winter now? Seventeen. Whoa, are you serious? Yep. It's gonna be going to year Time is flying. Outside of it's gonna be ending high school soon. Yeah, she's going into grade twelve. Wow, that's wow. crazy. Okay. Yeah. Um, right. My 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 boys are uh, going to be having a midlife crisis soon. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, time's flying. Yeah. All right. So, Kristen, uh, we're gonna get started. Um, so, when did you find? When did music become part of? You know, um, something that you're aware of. Uh, you know, that was important in your life and. You know, and was catching up with you. When do you think that was? Uh, probably when I was little. Like, I remember music was always a big part of my life. 
I had a record player and I had like Stick, Super Tramp, Chicago, Hollow Notes, Culture Club. I would listen to those guys all the time. And um, my dad was really influential with music too. Like he liked a lot of good stuff and brought me yeah. places with him all the time. I went to concerts with him. Um, I always kind of wrote songs when I was little, but I never really did anything with them. Just something I've always been singing in my head all day long since I was as long as I can remember. And then I was probably in my early twenties when I finally had got the courage to start trying to do it. So are you mean you didn't, you didn't do anything before then? No, I thought you're doing music all the time. I was, but I wasn't, like, privately. I didn't sing in front of people. Like, I didn't, I was always, like, insecure and shy, so yeah, I didn't. But I was always doing stuff in the background. I, like, obviously, you know, I when I met you, I was running Rob's street team. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, wor I worked for Network Records for a while doing their street team as a volunteer prior to Rob's, so that's how I kind of knew how to help Rob out. Um. I've always kind of just been in and around the music scene. Like, and I went to lots of concerts when I was younger and met lots of bands and became friends with them. But it wasn't until my early twenties that I actually started making and performing music myself. Okay. So it sounds like you're into old school music, like Chicago. Uh, yeah. Well, that's what I grew up on. Like my dad was a huge fan of that stuff. So we listen to it all the time. Okay, so uh, so let me get this straight. Then you would have been singing. You would have been singing um, to yourself in your room. Then is what you're saying. In my room, in the shower, <laughs> I would annoy my family by singing all the time, and they would always tell me to stop. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, just so everybody knows, Rob. When she says Rob, is Rob Zabo. I worked with Rob for years, and um, street teams was um a way of a way of marketing and it, believe it or not a lot of this marketing stuff comes from the hip-hop community just so everybody knows a kind of groundbreaking hip-hop kind of broke open the way you market music in a very different way just so everybody knows um okay so so how early was it then when you started getting into music I mean, like, I was in choir and stuff when I was in grade school and high school. Um, but, like, but writing no, what, I, my... What was, like, when you started to notice it? Like, I, I didn't quite catch it. Was it, uh, um, like, you're five years old, you started going, hmm, this is something that I gravitate to, or is it later? Uh, I have a cassette tape of me at two years old writing a song, like, singing a song about My Little Ponies. So I think it was very early on. As soon as I could start making sounds, I was probably into music. That early? Yeah. Wow. Uh, it took you that long to uh, sort of uh, come out of your shell. It, it took a long time. Actually, it took a conversation with Matt Osborne to make it happen. So that's, oh, that's what... Yeah, okay. that's what actually convinced me i went to one of his open like open jams and he had asked you know does anyone want to get up and my friend was there she was yelling oh get her get her get her up and like i i kept saying no no and then afterwards he came he sat beside me and he's like how come your friend wants you to get up but you don't 
And I said, well, I'm just like, I'm, I'm too scared to get up. I'm, I'm shy. And, uh, and he said, let me ask you something. When you wake up in the morning, what's the first thing you think about? And I said, well, I sing. And he said, what's the last thing you think about at the end of the day? And I said, well, I'm, I sing myself to sleep. And he's like, well, darling, you're a singer and it doesn't matter about anything else. And then I, that whole conversation, I went home. There used to be a website back in the day called kickinthehead.com. And it was like a music classified. Yep. And, right. uh, so I used to, I, I went on there and I applied to be a, a harmony singer for Marion. I don't know if you remember the cellist I used to sing with back in the day. Um, but that was the first thing I did. I went and uh, auditioned for her band. She hired me right away. And that's basically how it started with me performing. The first time I ever sang solo live um was that actually matt osborne's tribute at the uh i think it was at the silver dollar down in toronto just oh, after like matt was originally from toronto he wasn't from kitchener yeah what he went to school there and then stayed yeah but matt yeah, osborne lives... sorry go ahead I, I i remember the silver dollar go ahead yes where is it alan continue where's the silver dollar it's gone now. It, it's it's only it's only in sign only. They put a condo up. They tore it down, so they they put the silver dollar uh, sign back up. Sort of like Sam the Record Man. They they don't take the signs away, but it's gone. But it was a great room. Yeah. Yeah. So everybody knows the silver dollar was like a was probably established in the '60s, and uh, sort of the house band that sort of played there a lot was the downtown blues band it was kind of their home away from home that's how it became kind of a blues legend kind of place and then it moved on to other stuff yeah it's just up the street from the elma combo so um um so everybody knows matt osborne was uh was a musician in town um but he was well liked and he did a lot of different stuff in the community uh but he passed away pretty young he must have probably passed away when he was 30 maybe Is that all he was I don't know how old he was when he passed away. I would say probably uh, in his 30s, maybe, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so um, uh, so is music is music education for you, or is it more of a healing? Uh, I don't think technology is kind of your thing, but I was thinking that music and healing would be somewhere that would be important to you. Uh, yeah, music is my therapy. It's what helps get me through really horrible times and uh writing has definitely been healing for me as well um because a lot of the songs i do write are you know stories from my life or those around me so um yeah music is definitely healing for me my therapy has uh has winter picked up on music or is this not something she's interested in she is so i don't know if you remember billy pettinger or billy the kid I remember Billy was um, good. She lived in Ketchum. Yeah. We did it. We and Alan did a, a show with her. At, yeah, yeah. Yep. Billy the Cat was before Rain Maida, but yeah, she's she's something. Yeah, so she's actually Winter's guitar teacher. Uh, she lives in Nashville, so she teaches Winter on Zoom every Monday, and Winter has a beautiful voice, and I'm just waiting for her to say she wants to start performing live, but at this point, she gets embarrassed when I hear her, so, but she sounds so good, like, I'm I'm looking forward to her blooming into something. So. Okay, so Alan, do you have anything to, to input here as we move on? 
Well, I mean, Billy, the kids are guitar teacher. That's pretty cool. Um, and, and, you know, again, obviously, uh, when, when we have a gift that's uh, intimate, it starts in intimacy. And, and then I think that's why a lot of, a lot of uh, artists turn to, uh, to influential drugs and alcohol and things to maybe come out so they can let it go. And that, that's not necessarily a good thing, but it but it's, makes it understandable. But anyway, yeah, it starts as an intimate thing. And then you share when you're sharing your intimacy with people. Um, I think that that's a big step, but it's a necessary step because it's a gift for not only you, but it's for the people that you're singing to. Yeah, I, uh, when I hear Kristen singing, it's, uh, it's, it's really identifiable. And uh, I know it's you and... Uh, I think it's just, you know, it's just amazing, um, especially collaborations. I can't believe the different collaborations you've done. Uh, just so everybody knows, uh, Kristen does all sorts of stuff. She did stuff with a, with a hip-hop artist. Uh, she does stuff with Rob, does her own thing, kind of like folk rock stuff, a little bit of everything. Is that something that you enjoy doing, the diversity, uh, Kristen? Yeah, I love a challenge. I like to kind of go outside of my wheelhouse sometimes and, and yeah. challenge myself because it's it's it keeps it um, refreshing, you know, like it keeps it keeps me having to like think and try new things and maybe um, play with the, the dynamics of my voice a bit, see if I can fit into certain things like I, I, I don't really have like a heavier voice. So I uh, Singing rock songs has been a bit of a challenge, but I like to try it sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Did you, uh, I can't remember if you did an album or not. Did you do an album yeah. or did you just an album with Rob? I made my album, so I released an album, gosh, it was about 15 years ago called Opposite of Blue. That was with Jeremy Brendan Day. Um, our band oh, yeah, okay. was called Opposite of Blue. And then I released a solo album under... Kristen Zook when I was married, and that was produced and co-written with Rob. Okay. Um, yeah. Oh, is there something? There were. I remember there's something. Mike was your original. You had a uh, winter with, right? Yes. Yes. Did yeah. something happen? Like something happened with he was in the hospital. Is uh, what was that about? I don't remember uh, exactly. So. In the beginning of March, he, I guess he had some bleeding ulcers that he wasn't uh, taking care of, and he ended up getting septic. Uh, so he called Winter one morning, and he said, I don't feel well. Can you come over? And we just live a few blocks apart. But he walked over there, and uh, he was in a very bad condition, and she, would, she called the hospital, and they came and picked him up. Um, they ended up having to give him uh, four transfusions that night. And then the next day they had to scope him to see where the bleeding was coming from. And uh, the, he kept gagging, so he couldn't get the scope down. So then they asked him, you know, we could, we could intubate you to do it, but there's chances of uh, you aspirating your lungs because you have stomach acids and fluids in there. Yeah. And he said, he, you know, he, thought he was invincible so he said yeah go ahead it's not going to happen and then that's exactly what happened so his lungs were aspirated um he, he was put on uh, life support right away and it was he was on life support unconscious for a month in a coma and then they 
started slowly bringing him out of sedation. Um, it was kind of a bit of a wild two weeks there, but then he came out. The first week or so, he had no idea what was going on. He was so kind of drugged up. Um, but now he's he's going to rehab. He's alive and well, thankfully. Um, uh, he has some paralyzed. So right here, this this part of his wrist is paralyzed, so he has no movement. Um, but when he first came to, he had he was completely paralyzed in his right side. Um, so he's gaining it back slowly. So we're kind of hopeful that he's going to be able to get the functionality back in his wrist. Yeah, it was a little bit scary there for a bit because I was still, even though we're separated, um, you know, he's still one of my best friends and we're still each other's power of attorney because of winter. And right. so I had, I had to be the one that made all those decisions to keep him alive. Um, and I'm glad I did because obviously winter needs her dad. So. Wow. That's pretty heavy. Okay. Yeah, uh, so what, um, since we have something in common here, what were your thoughts about playing the, the L lounge back in the day? Were my thoughts about, about playing there? Yeah. I liked it. I loved it. My favorite show there was when I brought John Gom. And like I was, I was just gonna say that John Gom guitar player, you did a heck of a you sold that thing out. Oh yeah, we were like that was nuts that day. Yeah. That was the first time he came to Canada. I have, he's been here three times now. Um but yeah, the first time was that was just a magical show and uh was uh I like I liked that space. It was there was something different about it that just was it set itself apart from the rest of the venues in town. And it was probably mostly because of Alan and um and uh Joseph and I can't remember M. Yeah. And uh they were the ones that were taking like Al and M were running it and your boys I think were working there too at the barb, were they not? Yeah, they, I, yeah, I think I got everyone involved at one point, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, you might have heard of Brad. Happy. He was there. <laughs> I spent a whole day yeah. helping clean it. Remember when they had to come and do the inspection? I yeah, spent many that's hours right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she, she's one of the veterans. She's one of the veterans. <laughs> so that that guitar player, he was an instrumentalist, wasn't he? He just played only. No, he, no, he sings as well. He was from uh, England, right? Yep. And then he played, yep. uh, I remember he called me, he played the Cork Town. Uh, no, not the Cork Town, the Cork. Yeah, uh, he played Cork Call. Yeah. How did you get in contact with that with him from Jolly England? So when I went to England in 2011. Um, oh, 2011, okay. Yeah, so I went to England in 2011 and I went into like a Starbucks or a coffee shop or something and his music was playing in there. So I bought the album that they had for sale. I think it was just like a, uh, like an EP. And, you know, I added him on Facebook and I didn't really think much of it. And then a couple of years later, he said, Hey, I want to come to Canada. Does anyone want to play with me? <laughs> and so I emailed him and I was like, yes, please come to Kitchener. I can put together a show. I know a few venues. I would love to play. I sent my music. I heard nothing. And then about Surprise. three months went three months went by and I was like, Hey Kristen, we're gonna be uh coming to Canada in three weeks. We'd love to put together a show. It's gonna cost this much money. Um, but we would love to do it. And I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm gonna put the two grand on the line myself and just do 
to it because like if anything it's just going to be a dream to play with this man because he's just phenomenal right. and you know i i put it together and in three weeks sold it out it was even actually i think we were above capacity that night and uh it was just it was fantastic like everybody that was there was just like jaws were on the floor it was, it was oh, just yeah. magical magical yeah. Yeah, we, we had a couple of magical nights. That was one of them at the LMs. The other one was Shannon Lyon when he oh, sold that yeah, out. Right. That that was like it it was crazy. Uh but but that's but that's one of the other nights. There was only a few nights. It was a, it was always special in there, but there were some magical nights where that, that just came alive. It was something else. Electrical. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we got ten less than ten minutes left. So I wanna go back to uh get off top, that's okay. Uh when you're writing, right, Kristen, and that's been going on a long time, is there certain things that happen when you're writing that you can talk about? Like, is it a feeling or is it, did you get information from somewhere and you plugged it in or what's the process? It's always interesting to know. Uh, it depends on who I'm writing with. Like when I was writing with Jeremy Day, uh, Jeremy, yeah. yeah. So when I was writing with him originally, uh, you know, he would just start playing guitar chords and I would say, Oh, I like that one. And then I go, go back up. Cause I, I mean, I love music and I love to sing and I took music in high school, but I didn't actually study it beyond that. So I wouldn't say I'm like uh, very well <laughs> in tune with what keys are that I'm singing, let's say. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So I, so I would just say, okay, go up, go down. And I would get him to change it around. And like, it would just like it's almost like I would hear this little birdie singing me right here, and I would just a birdie, repeat yeah. It. <laughs> yeah, it's just like I would hear, I could hear it. It's like almost like I guess it's my inner voice, but me, it's yeah. just like just a little bird singing the song to me. So then, most of the songs, like in fact, almost all of them that I wrote with Jeremy were all freestyled um, initially when we wrote them, and it was just this ideas that were just like flowing through me. Um, when the songs that I wrote with Ian Smith. We started with a color and a theme. So I would come in. He's like, what color do you feel today? And I'd say orange. And then he's like, pick a, pick a, a word. And then we'd pick a word and we'd write the entire song around that. You know, um, just, and uh, then, yeah. I'm listening to Ian Smith work with uh, um, Scott Deneau. And uh, okay. Ian is so good at, at coloration and texture. It's, it's crazy. He's so, yeah. it's so unbelievable. Anyways, continue. Sorry. Yeah, and then the stuff I wrote with Rob. So what I basically, when he had agreed to do the album with me, I handed over my hard drive with every idea I'd ever had. So basically, wow. a lot of the times I sing into like, you know, a voice memo, and I just save it because it's just like this idea pops in. Yeah. So he went through files and files and files, um, and then picked the ones he liked, and we just kind of built around those songs. So yeah. Okay, so. What's the, let's just say you're writing alone uh, quietly in your own head or in your room or something. Um, those are collaborations. What happens when you're doing it on your own, though? What when happens? I'm doing it on my own, uh, I usually, well, I just sing. Like, I don't, like, I can play piano, and but I can't sing and play anything. It's always been, like, a frustrating thing for me. Like, I can play, I had a cajon for a while, and I got lessons from Sam DeLugo Kecky and, yeah, I tried really hard to be able to do like percussion and vocals and I just 
as soon as I start singing, it's like I lose everything else. It's the same. Like, I can't really snap and sing. I can't clap and sing. Like, I just get lost in the singing that everything else just kind of falls apart. Okay, so, so uh, is uh, but when an idea comes to you, is it more of a feeling or is it more of an idea? Uh, it just, if it's, if it's more of a, just a song that comes out. I don't know. The melody and the vocals usually come first. Okay, so they just come out of nowhere and you go, okay, I got to clap to that. I got to record on my memo yeah. thing. Oh, yeah, okay. I have like thousands of memos on my phone. Some of them are like, you know, <laughs> some of them are like 15 seconds and some of them are like two, three minutes. So I've been working on it off of Scott that I was since he was 20. He must have a million clips of paper. I mean, it's crazy. Um, <laughs> all right, so we got less than five minutes left. Is there anything else you want to share with us before we head out? Is there something important in your life or some pivotal thing that you want to share with us? Uh, not, I mean, I'm playing with, so Zook and Boots, which is Simon Lewis and myself, um, we are playing shows again and we've actually added John Stewart, um, to the mix. So it's the three of us and we've changed our name to Between Names. Um, so What's we're just called? called Between Names. I, we got John today actually on the podcast. So, uh, oh yeah. Later. Yeah. Um. Okay, is there any other stories you want to share that would sort of be pivotal in your life? This, this, this is like a homecoming. John Stewart. Uh, yeah, we got a bunch of uh... Yeah, Billy the Kid. Oh, my goodness. Okay. But, but you know, what she said earlier about, I mean, I write songs too, and the thing is is that it just comes, and you got to get it captured or it's gone. Yep. And that's true. You, you, you know, and how many songs you had it come to you in your head or – while you're at a bus stop or something it's like i well, how do i get this down and if you write it out it doesn't you it still doesn't carry the melody when you come yeah. back to it later so you have to capture it live like audio anyway yeah. sorry i i was just uh yeah go ahead yeah back in the day when i didn't have a voice memo i would call and leave voicemails on my my answering machine <laughs> yeah that's how i would save them I guess it's a recording device, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah so Simon, Johnny, and I have a couple of shows coming up. We just played the Airport Fest last week, and um, we're playing at Milestones and uh, Boardwalk Waterloo on August twenty second. From they have five. bands there, or they have acts there at Milestones. It's like a, it's like dinner music. Oh, okay. So like we're gonna play. I mean, my stuff is pretty light, right? It's good, yeah. quiet, chill. So. Um, but yeah, so we're doing that, and then uh, we're playing at the Galt Porch Fest. That is uh, the end of August. The Galt what? Porch Fest. And these porch things are blowing up in the last ten years. There's so much fun. Yeah, you know, I think what's your name started it. Cindy Ward here and started it years ago. Yeah, you we're playing that? that one too in September. That's the Schneider Creek. Yeah, that's, yeah. that. She was way ahead of her time. Um, yeah. That one was awesome. She also started the boathouse. Um, all right. Well, there's anything else, Alan? You got anything else to put before we head out? Uh, no. I, I hearing Simon's name again. I know uh, uh, my son Ben uh, used to hang with with Simon a little bit. I think Simon. Simon Lewis. Simon Lewis. She's been talking about Simon. Okay. Zook and boots. Uh, but anyway, uh, I remember Simon a lot as well. It just comes back to me. I know he's a basketball player, so 
I'll give that away for now. Okay. But anyway, you, uh, Kristen, I, I, something I never really got to tell you, but all the times that I was just busy, you know, okay, here we are, here we go. Here's the show. But I mean, you have a beautiful voice and yeah. it does, it really does minister to people. And, uh, you're a great accompany, like you're a great, um, harmonizer, but, uh, but you also are just a great singer. Yeah. Just when you have a real gift. Yeah. Thank for you. Sure. Thank you. That's awesome. Okay. Is there anything else there, guys? No, I think uh, I'm good. All right. Thank you, Kristen. Well, well, it'll be posted be a while before it's posted, but, but thank you for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. It was nice to catch up with you guys. <laughs> all right. See it's been ya. a long time. Okay. Take care. Bye. All right. all right. So that's Christian. And we ended on a, on a, on a note where we, me and Alan, um, honoring her voice and her work and music. It's really quite unique. And, um, I think we were, uh, lucky to get a hold of her to do this because she was really part of us growing, you know, growing at the theater, learning about artists and, you know, yeah. you know, what worked and what didn't, what people were willing to do the work and who wasn't willing to do the work. And so, you know, you can just by this podcast, you can tell that she's committed to making things work, especially in music and I'm in other areas, but most certainly not. Yeah, she's one of the, one of the, uh, the foundations of the KW artist music scene, uh, you know, uh, and, and entrepreneurs uh, in the business. And, and uh, she's a, she's a blessing to those that get to uh, participate when she's performing. Okay. So absolutely, absolutely. All right. Uh, so we're out for this one. Thank you, Kristen. And we're out. Thank you. Thank you.